Hey, it's Rob West. Before we get to the podcast, did you know that the MoneyWise app is an organized way for married couples to manage their finances and plan for future goals together? You can choose from one of three options depending on your management style, and it's available in both desktop and mobile versions. You can get this great biblical money management solution by going to moneywise.org and clicking the Manage tab. Now, here's the podcast. Martin Luther once wrote, There is no more lovely, friendly, and charming relationship, communion, or company than a good marriage. I am Rob West. Of course, having a good marriage takes work, maybe a bit more work if you're a blended family. Today, I'll talk about a great tool for second marriages with Ron Deal and Greg Pettis. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, our guests are Ron Deal and Greg Pettis, authors of The Smart Step Family Guide to Financial Planning. Ron, Greg, great to have you back with us today. Oh, man, it's so exciting to be here. Thanks for having us. Good to be on. Well, guys, your book, The Smart Step Family, is loaded with practical financial advice uh, for blended families. I reference it on this broadcast often, but in particular, I want to focus on one area where you've come up with a way for couples in that situation as a blended family to promote peace and unity in their marriage. It's called the Togetherness Agreement, and I'd love for you to start there. What is it and why is it so important? Well, let's just start with the context uh, for what we're talking about. Couples who form a relationship when they've had a previous life, if you will. Maybe one of them's brought children to the relationship. They are often in middle age or later in life. They have a history, a financial history. They have debt. They have expense. They have uh, all kinds of investments that perhaps they've been working on for years. And now we're merging. But we're not just merging money. We're merging relationship. We're merging children. We're merging parenting styles. We're merging some sort of loss, death or divorce has preceded this new marriage relationship. All of that rolls into any conversation about money. I just don't think people realize how complicated that is. It's, It's one thing to say, oh, you know, so you've got what, three bank accounts and I've got two bank accounts, and we got all these investments. Let's just put all the money together. Well, no, 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 no. Immediately, it starts to be about, oh, trust. And it's about, well, I couldn't trust the former spouse because they took me for every dime I had. So how am I going to make sure that doesn't happen again? It's about provision for me and for my children. I've got an aging parent. How do I care for them? It is about all of those dynamics rolled up into a conversation about how many bank accounts you have. And so when we sat down, Greg and I and and our other co-author, David, sat down and said, we want to write a book about financial planning in blended family situations. We have to take into consideration all of these dynamics. So we haven't just created something in the togetherness agreement. Greg will tell you a little about that. It's just a second. It's not just about money. It is about providing and loving well and caring and creating trust in your relationship that goes the distance. Mm. Exactly. It's about uh, clarity uh, on so many of these, Mm. like you said, emotionally charged issues. When we said, I do, his kids, her kids, their kids, what did we mean? 
what, yeah. what were the details yeah. around our vision for an optimistic future together? And so we find that the togetherness agreement provides clarity to these emotionally charged issues. And in, in essence, as one couple said, we're writing the rules for our marriage with love and respect for both parties. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so key here is that we want to let love and respect lead, and yet there are very real practical issues that we have to navigate. And, Ron, to your point, money issues are heart issues, right? So money is yes. symptomatic of a deeper underlying spiritual values-based conversation that does surface some really tough and yet exciting conversations if we'll lean into them. The question is, we need a roadmap, or how do we get a roadmap to navigate that? You know, a lot of things about blended families, including marriage and navigating money, have to do with the pain of the past. And pain creates fear. Right. Uh, My last spouse really hurt me. I don't want to have that happen again. So I'm going to be guarded with you. Well, you know, fear is not a good way to make decisions about anything. Uh, Spiritually, that doesn't work. You know, we don't want to approach God that way. We don't approach the people we love that way. Uh, And so we try to help people create this together's agreement so it eliminates fear Mm. so that it is no longer a barrier to our oneness. Mm. Well, I'm looking forward to continuing to unpack this. What does it actually look like? Is it a binding legal agreement? What goes into it? What about some of those touchy situations that will come up? What about a business? We'll deal with this and much more. Ron Deal and Greg Pettis with us today, authors of the Smart Step Family Guide to Financial Planning. Just around the corner, 800-525-7000. We'll be right back. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal, but you don't have to accept that. You can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find powerful scripture and practical exercises for spiritual and financial growth. You can request your copy with a gift of any amount. Would you consider a monthly or one-time gift by December 31st? Just visit moneywise.org give. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I couldn't have had the procedure I needed without CHM's help sharing the bills. That letter from a member displays Christian Healthcare Ministry's purpose to glorify God and serve His people. CHM is the original non-insurance voluntary health cost-sharing ministry, enabling its members to share the cost of each other's medical bills. Call 800-791-6225 or visit chministries.org. Thanks for joining us today on MoneyWise. I'm Rob West, your host. This is where we apply God's wisdom to your financial decisions and choices. Joining me today are good friends Ron Deal and Greg Pettis, authors of The Smart Step Family Guide to Financial Planning. How do you navigate financial decisions with a blended family? And how do you even memorialize those decisions once you have those conversations? And how do you do it in a way that's respectful and loving? Well, today we're talking about a great tool that uh, Ron and Greg refer to in their book called a togetherness agreement, where it provides a roadmap for having these conversations and then memorializing them. And uh, Greg, you actually advise folks to make this agreement agreement, the togetherness agreement, a binding legal contract. How will that help? And uh, well, the marriage itself is a binding legal contract. Yes, it's a great question. And we get it a lot. Uh, 
First of all, it provides specifics that are not clearly outlined in, the, in that general marriage uh, binding contract. For example, I mean, the simple is how many accounts should we have? Should we combine everything together all at once or have two or three accounts? Who gets the business? What does fair mean? Is fair always equal? Hmm. What are we going to do for our special needs child? What about the rights and roles of, well, grandchildren, step-grandchildren, grandparents, step-grandparents, any party who has a loving interest in our future can be a part of the togetherness agreement. Hmm. It'll also help the team, your, your whole financial team, the financial advisor, the attorney, the CPA, all your agents. They need to have an overarching document that explains why did we decide to do this? Yeah. Why, what were we thinking when we did that? And so forth. You know, as Greg was talking, I was thinking, um, yes, marriage is a legal uh, binding relationship. And yet, do you want to leave the future <laughs> to the legal system uh, mm, yeah. of your assets and your money? You know, we've talked before about if you are married to somebody and if spend 25 years together and your spouse dies and leave you all the assets. And then you marry again in midlife, but don't make specific um, documents dictating where you want your money to go after you pass away. If you pass away yes. and your second spouse marries somebody else and then they die, all of a sudden all your money goes to that person's kids, somebody you've never met, them and their children instead of your children, unless, <laughs> you know, that's called inheritance drift, right? It yeah. just sort of moves away from you. And nobody intended that. It just sort of happened unless you've made provision for where you want your money to go after your death. And in this case, and in that case, I should say, your children are provided for, you're provided for, your aging brother, sister, parent, whatever, yes. whatever you're invested in goes where you want it to go. You don't want to just leave it to the legal system. You want to tell that system what to do with the things that you cherish. Mm, that's so important and probably something that most folks haven't considered. Well, perhaps, guys, a story, an example would help mm. to illustrate the power of this tool, the togetherness agreement. In the book, you include a story about a couple, Anthony and Jenny. What was their situation and how did this tool help them? Uh, Greg's going to tell you in a minute a little bit about some of the specifics of what they came up with. But let me just set the stage. This goes back to how we started our conversation, the complexity that blended families often face. So Anthony has children. He also owns a company uh, that he's been invested in most of his life that he's been building. And he meets Jenny and she's a, a CPA. She's pretty successful. She's 36 years of age. She has children of her own and she has an aging mother. Okay, so on the surface, when couples say things like, you know, I love you, you love me, we're going to be a happy family, and, and, and I assume that means you'll just care for my kids if something terrible happens to me, and I'll take care of your mother if something terrible happens to you. And the best of intentions don't necessarily work out that way um, just because you love one another. You really need to put it in writing. You really need to think it through. You really need to talk it through, because it could be that in the course of doing their togetherness agreement, Anthony... He's got an assumption that his oldest son gets his company. He's hmm. shown an interest in it. He's been invested in it. He's interned there. He went to college with the intent of learning how to run a business, and he's going to come back and work with dad. And then if dad ever retires, that's been in the works for years before Jenny ever showed up. Yes. But if he doesn't express that clearly and openly, 
Jenny may have some assumptions of her own about what happens if uh, he were to pass away. What happens to the company? Maybe she's got kids that are interested in that business. Okay, so who's going to be in charge with that next generation of leadership? See, that's the kind of that's the sticky business. Getting down into the weeds, a togetherness agreement helps you get proactive so that you have a dialogue and make those decisions before you ever have to deal with it. Greg, mm. remind us what Anthony and Jenny, some of the things that they worked out. Yeah, so I, Anthony was a 44-year-old, very successful construction company owner. And as you said, Ron, he had two boys that he had promised were going to get the company one day. Uh, un, unbeknownst to Jenny, however, during their courtship and dating, he didn't disclose he had a gambling problem with some debt, mm. uh, had a low credit score, had a very controlling ex-wife, et cetera. Now, on the other side, Anthony didn't know that Jenny had really spent a lot of her hard-earned uh, money taking care of her mother, who was aging, as you mentioned. And she had promised her that, hey, mom, one day you can come live with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll mm -hmm. do whatever I can do to help yeah. you get through this. And uh, so, you know, during the courtship, these things just don't come out. So often is the case. And so the first thing that the, that the togetherness agreement did is it created a, 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 an arena for disclosure, an atmosphere for full transparency, which then created a mutual respect. Hmm. Uh, Jenny found out about, you know, Anthony's gambling problem, felt compassion, and they were entering him into a counseling uh, session to get his credit score up. Meanwhile, they were going to, they agreed to have one joint budget account, but to keep two individual accounts until Anthony could raise his scores and get over this, this gambling problem. They also agreed that though Jenny and her daughter would not receive the company yeah. working with an attorney, they would create a trust and place some life insurance in the trust for Jenny and her daughter they also worked with their agent to create long-term care solutions for the mother and to provide clarity about their future, which really relieved both of them of a lot of stress and reaffirmed their commitments to each other uh, in a way that they really couldn't go that deep without a, a togetherness agreement. Now, mm -hmm. theirs was a legal document drafted by their attorney, but I wanted to make this point clear. Just having the discussion, just mm -hmm. sitting down and even just jotting some things on a legal pad or the back of a napkin will create <laughs> that first step of transparency in disclosure that will then help navigate these, these emotional issues. Mm, that's so helpful. Boy, we are uh, about out of time, guys. We're going to have to have you back because there is so much more I want to talk about here. Uh, Ron, quickly, when should this be done? You know, ideally today. <laughs> and so yeah. if you're dating somebody, you know, now's the time to start having that conversation. And if you're already married and you go, man, we've never really talked about this. I have a lot of assumptions. We've never checked in with one another. Okay, then start today. And uh, the book's in designed to help you get a plan and start moving that direction. I love it. It's an absolutely essential tool for a blended family. Gentlemen, thanks for stopping by. Hmm. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Pick up a copy of the Smart Step Family Guide to Financial Planning at FamilyLife.com slash blended. Back with much more just after this. Stay with us.
What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options in plain English? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit MoneyWise.org and click the link that says Find a CKA. That's MoneyWise.org. When it comes to investing guidance, you want advice grounded in God's Word. That's the approach offered by Sound Mind Investing. SMI has helped tens of thousands of Christians acquire investing wisdom and confidence. Regardless of your investing experience or how much you have to invest, you can learn to be a wise and faithful steward in the area of investing. A short video webinar on profit and peace of mind is available now at soundmindinvesting.org. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. We've got a few lines open. The lines are filling up quickly. 800-525-7000. Whatever is on your mind today, we'd love to hear from you. Financially speaking, that is. All right, back to the phones we go. Lakeland, Florida. Hey, Carol, thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm calling on behalf of my friend. I'm looking for any ideas for her. A little over a year ago, she was independent. And then she lost her job due to child custody strange schedule that nobody would hire her with that schedule. Um, for the last year, she's had government, I think, government housing assistance, but that's ending. Um, she has to pay full rent this next month. Um, she's got no more unemployment. Um, if she moves, she will probably lose her custody cases, but she doesn't have a job, so she can't get pay for her housing. Um She's looking for a night job from home that would pay a living. Um, she tried about every assistance organization she can find, and I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts on what she can do. Yeah. Well, it's uh, so challenging uh, in this situation, and I'm so delighted to hear that you're being a friend to her because I think, you know, obviously somebody in this situation needs somebody walking alongside them. One of the keys is that she's demonstrating a desire to be part of the solution here and, uh, you know, making her full-time job trying to find uh, assistance. Um, You know, I think beyond that, I would check into the church, uh, perhaps knowing uh, a listing of the available community resources that are there, because not only can they be in assistance uh, to her directly, and as you said, they already have, and uh, perhaps there's a limit to that. Uh, I know that in many cases, they can connect her to local counsel and aid that may be available uh, there locally, Um, you know, housing allowance and, you know, other types of things that she might be able to take advantage of. Um, You know, it's really going to come down to social services, uh, you know, local ministries uh, or outreach organizations that can meet her needs there on the ground, and then, you know, the local body of Christ. And I think, you know, as we ask the Lord to give you some wisdom here and help her navigate this, plus her desire, you know, to get out and work, and the good news is this is a really uh, attractive job market right now. I mean, the labor market is still very strong. There's a lot of people who are still looking for, uh, you know, folks to provide, uh, you know, uh, to uh, 
uh, take jobs that they have open. And so it's not like, you know, we're in a, in a challenging uh, job market right now. And I realize there's limitations uh, with her kids and so forth uh, as to what she can do, but there should be plenty of options. So I think between all of these and then ultimately our trust in the Lord as her provider, I'm confident uh, something will come her way. Uh, let me just ask the Lord uh, to be in the midst of this, if you don't mind, Carol. Uh, we just lift up Carol's friend to you, Lord. You know the situation. You know every detail as her creator. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you would uh, intervene here miraculously, that you'd provide employment, that you'd rally around her people like Carol and others that can meet needs, uh, that you'd give her wisdom and endurance during a challenging season, that this wouldn't cause her to wane in her faith at all, but she would lean into her relationship with you, knowing that she can trust you and your promises are real. Be near to those kids in this difficult time, uh, given uh, what she has in front of her. And uh, Lord, we're just going to tell you today that we trust you and uh, invite you into every facet of this situation, including the finances of Carol's friend. And we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Carol, thank you for your call today. Please keep us posted uh, on this situation. To Des Moines, Iowa, Anita, thank you for calling. Go right ahead. Well, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm curious. I have a, a thrift savings account where I put my money in biweekly from my employer, and they match me 3%. Right now, I'm giving 8% of my money, and I'm trying to see if it would be wise to just go with the 3% and have them match that and then put that other 5% in a different savings or retirement account. Sure. What is your age, Anita, if you don't mind me asking? 52. 52. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I mean, absolutely you want to take advantage of the match. Beyond that, I I like you continuing to contribute to the TSP. The only thing I might offer would be if you want to open a Roth IRA uh, in addition to the TSP, what you could do is do the first 3% to get the full match, then contribute up to the full amount in the uh, Roth IRA, which is going to be after-tax money that will grow tax-free. And you could do that over age 50. It's up to 7,000 this year. And then if there's anything left, perhaps you come back to the TSP and you, you know, put in as much as you can. I think the key is that it's either going into a tax-deferred environment where you're getting tax-deferred uh, growth, so the taxes aren't weighing on the investments. You can maximize the growth over time. Or in a tax-free growth environment like the Roth, uh, either one of those are great. And my priority would be match first, then Roth, then back to the uh, you know additional contributions into the TSP. So that would be the only other thing I might consider other than what you're currently doing. But if if for simplicity's sake you'd rather just you know pull the put the full eight percent into the TSP, I don't have any problem with that. The only other thing I would just say is make sure that the uh, investments that you're selecting inside the TSP are the best ones uh, for your age and risk tolerance. Um, you know, perhaps if if you have some insight into that, great. If you don't, uh, maybe ask somebody for some help there just to make sure you're picking the right investments. Not that we know what they're going to do, but that they're the right uh, you know. Um, mix of investments for what you're trying to accomplish. Does that all make sense? It does. It does. So someone had told me that I should just take it out and put it in the bank, but I'm not so sure that I trust the banks (laughs) to hold onto my money either. 
So it's, well, I guess yeah, I, just, I certainly wouldn't do that. Um, you know, in terms of taking the money out of the TSP, you're going to create a, a taxable event plus the penalty. Um, you know, the other problem is in the bank, it's losing purchasing power every day and it doesn't even have the ability to grow. And I realize we're in a volatile market right now, but the market works in cycles and it will recover ahead of this economy. We have some longer term challenges in this country, but in my view, there's nothing on the horizon that would cause us not to continue to be the most dominant economic force in the world the the market will recover ahead of it and we'll move to higher ground so the very best way in my view for you to build wealth anita over the next you know 15 years let's say until you retire and then if you're in good health and the lord tarries you need that money to last several decades beyond retirement age the very best way to maximize that is a properly diversified stock and bond portfolio where taxes are not putting a drag on the investments and that's exactly where you're at right now in the tsp so i would say continue to be faithful and systematic in your contributions of that eight percent a year and it'll pay off over the long haul hey we appreciate your call today Well, we're out of time once again, but we'll come back and do it all again next time. I appreciate your carving some time out of your busy day to join us here on the program. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program or perhaps missed a past program or want to hear it again, you can do that and check out our program notes at moneywise.org or on the free MoneyWise app in your app store. And if you enjoyed the program, I hope you'll tell a friend about it and then plan on joining us again next time right here on MoneyWise. MoneyWise is provided by MoneyWise Media and listeners like you. 